welcome to New Age Raid, a podcast about spirituality in the modern age. My name is Brody, and I shall be your host. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Um, feeling much better this week. <laughs> it's been a little bit less hectic uh, since our house finally got um, potentially sold. It's under contract, so less people invading my space, and I'm not sick anymore, so <laughs> things are good. Um, anyways... We're going to get started on this episode on astrology. Um, During the week, I've had kind of a lot of time to think about what to say about it. It's really difficult because it's a very complex subject, which is is a point I'll, I'll get across. And I think that's one of the things that makes it more believable is once you understand how... Um, complex it is, but it's also impossible for me to transfer the knowledge about it that I've gained over the past several months to you within the time frame that the podcast provides. I mean, we could do a long, long episode, but even then, I mean, we're talking about a lot of study that I've done <laughs> that's it's, it's going to take way too much time. So considering that, I thought we'd talk more about the history of it, the context, um, and then my theories about it, um, why I think it's a valid system, why it works as far as its predictive abilities, and its ability to kind of be useful in finding things out about yourself as far as self-exploration and self-knowledge goes. Um, And then from there, we'll talk about some practical things that you can do to either learn more for yourself, which is what I've been doing. And like I said, it takes months. So there's a high bar of of work that needs to go into doing it by yourself. Um, And I'm moving in a track where I'm trying to turn it into part of my career. So that's... I don't expect everybody to do that. But other than that, the option of kind of how you can find competent astrologers um, to do the work for you. Essentially, they've done all the studying and whatnot so that you can just make use of the information, um, how to get your own birth chart up and looked at and get some basics from it um, because those are all some free resources. But kind of the basic format we always follow of the history, context, then my own theory and experience with it, and then some practical tips on what you can do with that information. So with that, we will go ahead and get started. Okay, so to get started, we're going to talk about the history of astrology. So point number one, this stuff is old. Um, It pretty much extends as far back as our history, written history anyway, um, goes beginning with the Babylonians. So way back when you can get cuneiform tablets of astrological information and the ideas of the zodiac seem to have originated from the Babylonians as well. From the Babylonians, it made its way into the Greek world around the 4th century BC and from there to the Romans um, and the Arabs. Now, the Romans are interesting because we still use the Roman names for the planets and the zodiac. Um, 
But within the context of those ancient peoples, what it was used for was, from my point of view, was to bring order to the chaos. It was in a time when things were so uncertain and modern science was yet unknown. So people had to hold on to what was consistent. The stars and the planets were such things. They noticed it took 12 cycles of the moon for the sun to return to where it started and noticed that the moon passed through different constellations on its journey through the heavens. They planned the planting of their crops. They predicted the seasons based on the consistent movement of the heavens. For them, it was only natural to assume that the movements of the planets and luminaries was a means by which order and meaning could be brought to their chaotic and ever-changing world. After all, that is what we as humans have been trying to do for our entire existence, is bring order and meaning to a seemingly random world. Um, <clears throat> infusing it with purpose. So for the Egyptians, the dog star Sirius, once it became visible before the, before sunset, what's called the heliacal rising, it was a sign of the flooding of the Nile and it marked their new year. And then you have things like Stonehenge, which is kind of baffled researchers on many levels pertaining to how it got there in the first place and what it was used for. It has some interesting properties suggesting it was used to mark the sunset and sunrise of the winter and summer solstices. Um, <clears throat> so astrology has its origins in civilizations across the planet in ancient times, from India to Mesoamerica, and the people involved were much better at it than we give them credit for. There's this thing called the Antikythera Mechanism, which was an ancient hand-powered analog computer which is used to predict the dates of eclipses and planetary positions decades in advance for calendrical and astrological purposes. So, so guys, the Greeks made a fucking computer <laughs> dedicated to figuring out astrology. We need to think about that for a second. And then besides that, ancient Britons moved rocks, wing tons, without the invention of the wheel or pulley, and they did it for what? To potentially look at the stars, to use it to mark important astrological events. There is a reason you, and I know I am, that we're filled with this overcoming sense of awe and wonder when you look at the night sky. And I think that's... Be and why we think about what's out there. Because there's something is out there. Our ancestors were insanely dedicated to it. And to dismiss that fascination and work as superstition is the height of hubris to me. Um, yes, we have modern science. We know a lot more about what's out there. But it's also continuing still the thing that baffles us the most. Um, astrology's never been a fad. It's been around since the literal beginning of written history on those cuneiform tablets made by Mesopotamians. <laughs> we've been doing this forever, and we've never stopped. I mean, there's even evidence that goes back farther than that with Gobekli Tepe and a temple. It, they all seem to have astrological significance. Um, and that's before the Mesopotamians, even. Um, the heavens kind of stand as a testament of the size and breadth of the universe. They remind us how small we are before the magnitude of creation. They shout to us that there is something bigger 
going on here? So of course we would look to the heavens for answers as to exactly what that thing going on is. It's been considered the place of the gods, the place where God and all of his angels dwell. To kind of like toss in a nugget of Mormon doctrine, because that's my history, <laughs> um, there's this doctrinal principle that God is said to dwell next to a celestial body called Kolob. Um, while I have a lot of things against Mormon doctrine, obviously, I will stand by my position that the hymn, If You Could Hide a Kolob, is one of the most beautiful hymns I've ever heard. And it's distinctly hermetic <laughs> in its musings. Um, it's kind of to share with you the imagery, if you haven't heard it. Um, the lyrics go, If you could hide to Kolob in the twinkling of an eye, and then continue onward with that same speed to fly, do you think that you could ever through all eternity, find out the generation where gods began to be, or see the grand beginning where space did not extend, or view the last creation where gods and matter end. Methinks the spirit whispers, no man has found pure space, nor seen the outside curtains where nothing has a place. The works of God continue, and worlds and lives abound. Improvement and progression have one eternal round. Like, now that I've understood like I've studied hermeticism, <laughs> it's the most hermetic thing I've ever heard in my life. But it's it's beautiful in that um, this concept of God dwelling out there and this endless creation, um, it's profound imagery. And I think for in any way that you dice it, even up to now, if you ask a human where he thinks divinity or God has its origins, it's in the stars. It always has been, and it still is, the farthest frontier for our species. It's still full of marvels and wonders that baffle our scientists and make them question their own findings about reality. Anyone who has seen the Hubble Deep Field knows that what lies out there is something that defies all attempts at human understanding in its immensity and its grandeur. We are right, therefore, I think, to look to the heavens for portents and meaning. The types of question that the heavens prompt us to ask are the exact kind of questions we should be trying to answer. Um, now, obviously, I don't get into the nitty-gritty of ast astrological history because I don't know how much that has to offer um, <laughs> anyone listening to this. But I think the fact that we as human beings have been looking to the stars since the beginning and that we have found meaning in them and turned that into a system that we can use to understand ourselves and the world around us better, as well as to predict how it's going to work, um, that's significant and important. My fear is... <clears throat> that in this current time, astrology gets associated with the wrong types of people <laughs> and the wrong types of things that essentially give it a bad name, that it's associated with ditzy New Age girls who constantly refer to their sun signs all the time as if they're as if there was only 12 types of personalities on the planet. And it's never presented in a way to 
say, more scientifically minded people in a way that sounds legitimate. Because the thing for me was to understand how complex it truly was that your own birth chart is much more than just where the sun was when you were born, but it's it's the moon. It's the it's Mars, Saturn, Mercury, the outer planets like Uranus and Pluto and Neptune. And each of them being in a specific spot when you were born means something different. It has a different effect on what your personality would be. Um, while still not being definitive, there's obviously people born on the same day who have different personalities and whatnot. Um, and a lot of that has to do with what we call the rising sign, right? That whatever constellation was coming up over the horizon when you were born kind of determines what the rest of the chart looks like. And that changes every two hours. So you can be born on the same day as someone, and then a couple of minutes difference could mean that you have a completely different rising sign and therefore a completely different chart. Um, so it gets really complex really fast. And I think that's not evident to anybody. The only things anyone ever hears about are sun signs. And, and that is hardly scratching the surface. Um, but I think when we put it in the context of the larger, larger historical story of how we've been looking at the stars and the planets and noting that for our entire history. And in fact, we got really advanced and really good at it very quickly. You have accounts of the Greeks being able to accurately work out the circumference of the planet using mathematics and you know, Pythagoras and these amazing men and probably women too, even though they don't write that stuff down, uh, who were capable of using fairly advanced math to figure this stuff out. And a lot of it was because they were trying to use it for astrology. And that's why astrology led directly into astronomy. I think your modern astronomers like to scoff at astrology as some bygone, you know, superstition, but it's like, literally what began <laughs> their entire field. Um, and that's stuff that I feel like we need to understand to see why it's important. Um, just, I mean, just the Stonehenge itself is kind of this weird marvel of just like, how did they get the rocks here in the first place? Why did they care so much? And there's, there's a lot going on with Stonehenge, but I find it fascinating that all that work was centered around something that probably had astrological significance. Um, and it's like, like I said, it's that consistent nature of the heavenly bodies, how they move and how they do so in a way that's repeated and cyclical. Um, so that's going to move us into the theory why I think astrology works. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap this history context portion up, and we'll get talking about the theory, why I think it works, and then um, my own experience with it.
Okay, so my own experience with astrology has given me reason enough to not doubt that it's highly useful for anyone. I cannot, however, transmit that depth of knowledge, like I said earlier. Um, even, even in a minimal way, <laughs> like even getting the basics is going to get, it's going to get complex really fast. Um, I can, however, attempt to convince you why it works and how it works, and perhaps thereby motivate you to invest in learning some more for yourself or availing yourself of the many competent astrologers out there uh, to help you make sense of the world through that useful framework. Um, when pondering about astrology this week and what exactly I should say about it, the scripture that I had a scripture come to mind as typical Mormon fashion, I guess, which is Ecclesiastes 3, um, which reads to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. So this idea of there being proper times for different things, uh, obviously, I don't expect a Bible verse to against everyone. Astrology is true, um, though it has credence with some. It's, like I said, we find useful information wherever it is. Bible, Book of Mormon, textbooks, <laughs> the Quran, the Vedas, wherever it is, we, we use it. Um, so this, I think it has much more to do with something that I think is evident to all of us, which is this idea that time is cyclical. Patterns emerge and they repeat themselves. The earth as we know it breathes. Every year a life cycle of death and rebirth. Anyone who has seen a time lapse from space, you know, of a year on earth can see how the earth breathes. The flourishing and growth of spring and summer is like the outbreath, and then the decay and retreat of falling winter is an in-breath. Um, everything has a season. Hurricane season, tornado season, wildfire season. There's insects come out during specific seasons. There's mating seasons. There's planting season. There's harvest season. Uh, life, death, everything has its time, kind of as we read in Ecclesiastes, right? And not only that, but our emotions and our inner world have their seasons. We cycle between good moods and bad moods. In essence, all things seem to be rhythmic, consistent, repeating. We see these patterns all over the place, not just in nature, but in things we do as humans. The economy seems to follow a cycle of ebbing and flowing between lack and abundance. You know, everyone there's stock market highs, and then we have a recession, right? <clears throat> And it's my belief that astrology is one of the many systems we have developed for, for predicting the rhythms and cycles of life on this planet. It's not always right on, but one could consider it in a way as space weather is one of my favorite terms that I 
an astrologer that I follow has used. Um, <clears throat> so we may not know exactly how certain types of energy exuded by the planets will manifest, but we do have a general idea of what to expect. Um, Venus is always going to bring harmony, relation. Jupiter will always bring fortune, expansion. Mars will bring separation, cutting, war. Saturn, depression, decay, restriction. So astrology is a science, by which I mean a methodical approach to observing the universe and making and testing of hypotheses. Astrologers, just like our lofted modern scientists, build a hypothesis around what will happen or emerge based on evidence. They have data that goes back as far as history to look at what happened under different planetary configurations. They have the birth charts of thousands of people to look at and see who those energies manifested themselves in and how they did it in their personalities and their lives. Uh, this is what really kind of changed my mind about it, is that realizing that competent astrologers research the heck out of this stuff. It's not something that they just pick up a couple books and declare everyone who's a Sagittarius the same way or everyone who's a Scorpio is the same way. It's that they check out the planetary configurations throughout history. Like recently we've had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which is always a big deal. And it always seems to be big events happening uh, usually negative. <laughs> like uh, the Great Depression started during a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Um, this last one in January, I mean, there were several things going on. There was the strike on Iran. There was the wildfires in Australia. There's the coronavirus was getting started around then. So <clears throat> things happen, right? And, and there's a pattern there that associates itself with the planets, and astrologers can see that. And so they've started building this complex system based off of what the planets get their associations from what consistently happens when they are being prominent, you know. Um, so it isn't just sun signs. It's not just precisely 12 types of people based on when your birthday was. It's this very complex puzzle with almost infinite permutations. A person's birth chart, when taking into account all of the planets, the stars, and the angles, at the exact moment of birth, becomes like a fingerprint. It's unique and it's not replicable by one other human being on this planet. A difference in birth time in minutes and seconds can create an entirely different chart, as we, we talked about earlier. So a lot of my reasoning for why this works stems from my study of Hermeticism and the magical axiom, as above, so below. So this <clears throat> principle, as above, so below, it purports that all of existence is a reflection of the macrocosm on the microcosm and vice versa. And I saw in my studies a curious thing to me, that all things seem to be doing the exact same thing from very small scales to very large ones. You have subatomic particles organizing together and forming atoms. Atoms organize themselves into recognizable structures like molecules. Molecules organize themselves as well, making cells. Cells organize themselves to create organisms. 
there in the word organism, they're organized. As simple as germs to complex beings like us. And so I do not doubt that those complex beings like us and animals are also organizing themselves to make something bigger. Because that's the pattern. Everything organizes itself together to make something bigger. Um, since that's a pattern that repeats itself from small to great, as above, so below. You take this to the stars, and astrology starts to make sense. The planets and their emotions are acting out things that end up getting reflected or acted out down here. And so understanding what's happening in the heavens at the moment of your birth can teach you things about who you are. The heavens are a mirror for us to look into, and we see ourselves reflected in it. Um, so I approach astrology the same way I do a lot of the things I've learned about. From a secular, non-spiritual angle, perhaps it's just good psychology. Astrology provides you an opportunity to look at something and bounce ideas off of it. You look at a horoscope and ask if it really reflects your personality. Regardless if you agree with it or not, at least it got you to ask the all-important question, who am I, right? It's a useful tool for understanding the self, for assessing what qualities and weaknesses are present in ourselves. Um, on the other hand, from the spiritual angle or the angle that's pleasing, you know, astrology has proved to be creepily accurate to me. Once I found out that there were more planets involved than just the sun, I got my own birth chart drawn up, and I'll be damned if I didn't if it didn't explain almost everything about my personality. The more I studied, the more I found it capable of predicting and showing increasingly complex things about my life. On a daily basis, I don't find the transits of the planets to be terribly predictive for me a lot of the time, but on larger scale events, they prove to be prophetic. Um, this isn't problematic for me because my opinion is that the smaller down in scale you go, the weaker and more variable things get. Besides, you hardly need astrology to predict your day for you. You can do that pretty well yourself without help, and you'll usually be pretty accurate. Days are sometimes unpredictable, but if your life is anything like mine, they're all too predictable. <laughs> um, all that being said, there's there's a disclaimer here. Um, it's still an imperfect science. Interpretations will vary from astrologer to astrologer, and there are several different models of how one may use astrology. There's Vedic astrology, Hellenistic, traditional, modern, draconian, medieval, Egyptian. Some use one, some use others, or they use different systems within them. I personally swear by Hellenistic astrology. It's based on ancient Greek texts that have been translated, so this is what the Greeks were doing back in the day. And they had a very complex system, and it seemed to work very well. Um, <clears throat> Traditional astrology itself, more along the ancient Hellenistic route, seems to be more useful for prediction and showing the life story, while modern seems very apt to showing one's psychology rather than predicting life events. So with modern astrology, you have this focus on psychology and the personality that arose, um, and it ended up being kind of the focus of what modern astrology can do. Um, that being said, Every interpretation you read isn't always going to vibe with you, even when they do get the 
even when you do get the bigger picture shown by your individual birth chart rather than just a sun sign. However, um, the essence of the planets and the signs and the houses is more firmly agreed upon. And once you yourself have a better understanding of it, you can start to make your own interpretations. Um, <clears throat> so treat it like you would any other investigation. Get multiple sources for the same info. Get takes from several astrologers, use more than one website. And then also remember that your own free will is still in play. Free will is this thorny philosophical issue. It's a question I haven't quite figured out yet. But as of now, I choose to believe it's a thing. <laughs> and uh, you don't need to leave your own personal power at the door when you start using astrology. We can try and predict the weather, but it's not uncommon for the 10% chance of it not raining to win out over the 90% chance it will. But it's always a good idea to align your own personal efforts with the natural flow and ebb of the universe. One shouldn't go without a coat when the forecast predicts low temperatures, and one also shouldn't plan a several-step itinerary for a travel plan during a Mercury retrograde and expect things to go swimmingly. There's a chance you get by without the necessary precautions, but it's not a good idea to risk it. This is what I mean by space weather. Right? That being said, um, I'll be offering... Um, a unique chance for some of you to get some value out of me. I've been studying astrology quite intensely for s several months now to the point where I feel competent doing work on people's birth charts. Um, so I'm offering myself up as a resource for those who want to know more about their own charts, first and foremost. It's a career aspiration of mine, like I mentioned, to make astrological practice a part of what I offer to people. Um, and I'm in the beginning stages of getting that started. So I'm willing to do an exchange for some much-needed help to the podcast. Or money, that works too. But <laughs> for those of you who write me an iTunes review and a rating and can email it to the podcast email at newageraid at gmail.com, um, or if you can also email proof that you've shared it with several interested friends and family, um, I'll do a free consultation with a brief overview of your birth chart. So that's you help me and I <laughs> will get a look at your birth chart and see um, some of the big things that play play also were I'm always open to answering a couple questions. Um, now for the more ambitious of you, you can take up your own study of it and see what you can find out on your own. So astro.com is the go-to resource for casting your own chart. So you're going to want to have your specific birth time. So get a hold of your birth certificate or ask your your mom. Um, and they have this thing called an AstroClick portrait that will give you interpretations of each placement with a simple mouse over. So you just mouse over the planet, click on it, and it will have an interpretation by a competent astrologer. Some of those are going to click really well. Some of them won't, but... Um, I found it mostly to be pretty apt. A lot of the time they use kind of flower language that gets <laughs> confusing really quickly. But um, like I said, I'm also a resource if you want to email and have questions. Um, there's also the aptly named Astrology Podcast, which is ran by Chris Brennan. It is without a doubt advanced in its content, but if you stick with it and you research, you'll be learning a lot. Um, 
He offers a lot of beginner lectures and material on the podcast free of charge. So there's a wealth of information there, as well as useful astrological forecasts for the month that are on more of a mundane level. Um, but yeah, start reading horoscopes offered by competent astrologers. I recommend ones based off of your rising sign, much more than your sun sign. I found them to be much more predictive in the long run, and there's a lot of technical reasons to back that up. And of course, beyond me, there's tons of competent astrologers out there who can make sense of your birth chart or many other services. Now they're likely to charge more for a good re- <clears throat> more than a good review or a rating. Uh, but having paid for that service myself, it's a worthwhile investment. Um, but yeah, those are some of the resources. Get your own chart up on astro.com. Kind of take a look at it. And please send me an email. Um, I'm. It's good practice for me, and it will help the podcast out if I can have some more people sharing this and giving some reviews on iTunes, since iTunes is the lord of us all when it comes to podcasts. So reviews and ratings on there can can help me out a load. Um, But yeah, that's basically the sum of it. I'm interested to hear your experiences as well, like if you've found something about astrology that was particularly interesting to you or if it proves predictive for you in any sense, I'd like to hear about it. Um, I'd also like to hear about it if it doesn't. Um, maybe we can work through seeing why it's not working so well if your chart's a little complicated. I know, for example, my wife's chart proved to be quite enigmatic to me for a while, so some charts are just a little bit uh, harder to interpret than others. Um but yeah, I would love to get more feedback on the on this episode in particular, how things are going with astrology, and then any of you who want to take me up on that opportunity to have me kind of look at your chart. So email for that again is newageraid at gmail.com. And then if you want to support the podcast, that's going to be newageraid at patreon.com. There's also links through Anchor to do so. And next week, as far as what we will go over, I think, well, I'm not running out of things. It's just a question of <laughs> what to, what best to look into. We can look at tarot a little bit, because tarot is another thing that I have studied, not quite as intensely as astrology, but it's become useful. And um, been one of those experiences of mine that's proved to be significant. So we'll talk a little bit about that next week. And I hope you all have a good week. Get in touch with me if you want to know more about the astrology stuff. And we will see you later. Bye.